Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God. And the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted, notice what it is, his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence. Through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubics, the breadth of it 50 cubics, and the height of it 30 cubics. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubic shalt notice this, thou finish it above, and the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh wherein is the breath of life from under heaven. Everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee will I establish my covenant. Thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. And of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female of fowls after their kind, and of cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing of the earth after his kind, two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive. And take thou unto thee of all food that is eaten. Thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be for food for thee and for them. Thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him, so did he. Brother Benny, ask the blessing. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen. Amen. You may take your seat. After preaching Sunday morning, on the fly, some of them call it, about this man Noah, I got to studying again this week because the Lord had woke me up and I wrote some things down on my little pad I keep in my pocket. And I, God had flooded my mind this week with this story. And I got to thinking and got to writing, and I'll just be honest with you, I won't get it all preached tonight. Maybe the Lord will, and I'll finish it Sunday. If not, he'll let me finish it sometime. But you look here in chapter number 6 and verse number 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now, if with God's help tonight, I want to lay the groundwork about this man Noah and the things that God was doing and God was saying and how God reacted and how Noah reacted and how it ties to you and I today 
in our Christian walk. I thought about through the Bible how many times God looked upon the earth and it repented God that he'd made man. I believe he's about there again, brother. I believe he's about to say, boy, I have truly repented that I made this crowd. But you look here in verse number 8, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Now, it doesn't say exactly what Noah had done to find grace in the eyes of the Lord. But I'm made to believe that Noah walked with God, talked with God, knew God, knew how God wanted things and tried his best to do it. Because it said Noah found grace. And we know his mercy and grace today as evidence of the Holy Spirit as it was given to us. So we see grace here even in the beginning. We see that Noah found this grace. Now I'm leading up to a point that I want everybody to understand. I don't believe God saved the lost man in the flood. I believe Noah was a saved man. Because he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. What did he say? God could look upon him, listen, and not kill him. Hello? If he looks on sinners, he really wants to kill us. But I'm glad that he looked and sees the blood now. And he calls me his son now. So Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This story is beginning to unfold before us tonight that we understand that first of all it takes grace. Well, it's going to be hard to preach if I have to amen it myself. Do you understand what grace is? I hope and pray you do. That's another message for another day. Notice that it said in verse number 9, These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation. And Noah walked with God. Now Noah walking with God tells me something that you and I need tonight. Listen to me now. The Bible said sin has separated you from the love of God. So evidently Noah had found grace and he was not found sinning. Therefore he was able to walk with God. Amen. Close. You know the trouble with most people tonight that claim to be Christians? They don't have any maintenance in their Christ-like appearance. What are you saying, preacher? Well, maintenance means that you read the Word of God, you pray, but not only those two, you walk with God and to walk with God first of all you got to be obedient and to be obedient is to understand the word of God said forsake not the assembling of thyselves together so if you're forsaking the assembling of thyselves together talking about coming to church coming to the house of God doing the things that God's people are doing then you're forsaking the assembling of yourselves together Therefore, God has somewhat against thee. What has he got against you? You have left your first love. Amen. Amen. 
So here tells me that Noah walking with God, he's in maintaining his relationship with God. If God felt Noah was righteous enough to walk with him, he surely must be a saved man. Amen. Amen. Now you think about it. <laughs> we, <laughs> we as humans use this terminology now, and maybe you have. Well, I'm not as bad as they are. Well, can I say something here tonight about the story I just read to you? You wouldn't have had to been real good to be better than the whole crowd. But the Bible said he was a righteous man. Not only was he above their standards, he was up to God's standards. That's the problem with us today. We want to get just above the sinner, but we don't never want to come up to God's standards. Amen. Listen, I know I'm a sinner. I know I come short of the grace and the mercy of God. But I'm glad I found favor in his eyes through Christ Jesus who forgave me of my sins and my stubborn hard-headedness and he allows me to repent daily. Amen. And I can walk with him. So we see that God is walking with Noah. He found him. Listen, he's walking with him. They're maintaining <laughs> Have you done anything today to prove that you were a Christian? I want that to sink a while. Have you done anything at all today that would set you aside as a Christian? Did anybody hear you mention God? Did anybody hear you mention the Bible? Did anybody see you pray over your meal? Did anybody see you reading the Word of God? Did anybody hear you mention how he saved you or that you needed to be saved or have you talked anything about God? Maintenance program we see is coming into play. And notice because, listen to me, he found grace, he was found perfect, and he walked with God. Now look at verse number 10. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Can I say something right there that will help you? God saw and knew he walked with God and he prospered him in children. We don't think of children as prosperity, but it is. The Bible said in one place that the quiver was full, talking about children. You're a blessed man when you have children. You think about it in that day. Now listen to me carefully. They prized men, children. That carried on the lineage. That carried on the name. That carried on the standards. That carried on everything that was begat of them that they should do. So here we have three boys that were born to this man that had found grace walked with God, and God prospered him with three children. Now let me, let me say something in here that you may not have thought of. And I really hadn't thought of it until I got to studying today. God knew he was going to need some helpers for the task ahead. Amen. I want to say to my helpers in here tonight, you help me by being here tonight. 
That's a help to me. Amen. You say, preacher, how's that a help to you? I ain't got to preach the empty pews. That's a help to me. Amen. It's a help to me to see your smiling face. It's a help to me to know that you want to hear the word of God. That's a help to me. Amen. So just your presence here in the house of God is a help to me. And I can depend on you to help me do the work that's coming up. We've got work ahead of us, church. So we see that Noah begat three sons. And God prospered him there in that verse. Then in verse number 11, The earth also was crept before God, and the earth was filled with violence. Have you ever seen a day and an hour that our world is filled with violence like it is right now? Now think about what I'm saying. I mean these killings every single day. Hello? Somebody shot every few minutes. Somebody knifed, some mother beaten up, some child molested just every few seconds of every day that we live in. So I could stand here tonight and say, this world is full of violence. But I want you to see something above what the world was full of violence. Stay with me now. Christians, listen. Even though the world was full of violence, Noah was not. His family was not. Are you with me? Say amen. Remember me preaching a message uh, uh, way back? You can be in the storm, but don't let the storm in you. Amen. Wasn't he in the storm? But the storm was not in him. Why? He was a righteous man. He didn't go along with the crowd. <laughs> I want to help us tonight. It's not real popular in this day and time to be an old-time Christian like me. They call me a dinosaur. You ain't kept up with the times. Listen, I don't want to keep up with your times. I'm just trying my best to keep up with God. Amen. And this book is my outline. This book is my guide. This is my direction. This is my boundaries. I can go this far this way and this far this way, but I've got to stay on the straight and narrow of it. And the trouble of it is, our world today is trying to conform to everything besides the book. And this book is God. Hello? So we see that God said this world was full of violence. Now listen in verse number 12. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. Did you notice how that was phrased? <laughs> have, have you ever seen a day when good was evil and evil was good? We're in that day right now. We're in that day. Uh, listen, as a true born-again Christian... Bible-believing, God-following, Holy Ghost-filled. I try to follow this word. But see, the world right now says I, I'm a hater. Homophobic, I think, is the way they're saying it, ain't it? I believe that's what they're calling me. I, I know that they're saying that you're wrong. 
You are to be more tolerant. Hey, if the word says it's sin, it's still sin in my book. Can I tell you this, I love you, but I don't like your sin. Can I tell you this, Christian? I love the God that's in you, but I don't like all your ways. Oh, that hurt your feelings? I'm sorry. It shouldn't have hurt your feelings because we all got things that we need to improve on. God looked down upon the earth in Noah's day, saw it was corrupt, saw the reason it was corrupt because man had tried to form it into his way. (laughs) What did the snake, the dragon, the old serpent say in the garden? Surely, surely God didn't say you would die. Wasn't that what he said? What is he doing? He's changing the word. Surely you won't die if you're a drunk and go to hell. Ain't that what he's saying today? Surely you won't die and go to hell if you're a gay or a lesbian or queer or a child molester or a drug addict. Surely God ain't saying that. God, God's a loving God. He ain't going to say nothing like that. And they're changing it. That's what it was in that day. They had changed everything around the suit. Listen, you need to go back and study some history. Down through the time, <laughs> whoever was in power had their way. And they changed a lot of things. Amen. The Roman Empire had orgies and said that was okay. Mass orgies. Go study history. Look at all those big swimming pools and heated ponds they had. It was not for swimming. It was for wickedness, lewdness, drunkenness, whoremongering, dopehead. Go back and study them. Did you know that almost every mummy that they have uncovered and tested had cocaine in them? Poppies have been around a long time. They know how to do it. Seems like sin always is abounding. But God looked down on the earth. He saw that it was corrupt. He saw the reason it was corrupt. It was man. Now, I've often wondered this. Why did God kill all the animals? Well, number one, I don't think that he could kill everything, everyone, without killing everything. Number two, we forget that bestiality is nothing new. Does everybody know what I'm saying? Bestiality is nothing new. Isn't it a shame that humans have had sexual contact with animals? By the way, did you know that's where a lot of your diseases came from? Study your history. Hey, listen, I'm the dumbest light bulb in the box, and I know these things. Not only HIV, son, there's a many of them. Where do you think chicken pox come from? Where do you think monkey pox come from? A whole host of diseases we got is because man laid with beast. God in his word said for you not to do that. God in his word said for man not to lay with man and woman to lay with woman. But we're doing that and it's okay today. Amen. Hey, listen, church. God looked down in Noah's day, 
found one man on the whole earth and one family on the whole earth that was righteous enough to be saved. I'll tell you something tonight. And I hope whoever's listening by the airways hears this. If God only saved one, that one was saved. Everybody else died. Eight folks made it out alive out of how many? I don't know. There was millions, I'm sure. Now think about this. If God has looked down upon the earth in Noah's day, saw the violence that was going on, by the way, how the movement ever got started to defund the police. If that ain't the stupidest thing that I've ever heard in my life. They're not the best thing in the world. Wait just a minute. Let me help the police. They're human just like you. And I'll be honest with you. If they put me as judge over a lot of these things, I'd say forget it. Go on your way. Because when you are threatened, he's got a gun. You don't know when he's going to pull it. You don't know he left it in the car when he ran. You're assuming he still has that gun. And if you turn on him or you shot at him, you took your own life in your own hands. God looked down and saw that kind of violence going on. He's looking down today. He sees that kind of violence going on. So if God don't do something... He'll have to apologize for destroying the world. And that's not even mentioned in Sodom and Gomorrah. And God is not in the apologetic business because he wrote it down. He made clear instructions for us to follow. But he found grace, found grace in God's eyes. Noah was righteous in God's eyes. God... One thing I want to mention tonight, did you notice God is talking to Noah? Nowhere else did he talk to anybody but Noah. That's the only one he was talking to. That's the only one he was worthy enough to talk to. Why? Because he had the mind of God. Why would God want to talk to a bunch of heathens? Amen. I mean, seriously. Our country can stand up there in the White House and pray all they want to. Why would God talk to that bunch of heathens? Baby killers. Why would God even talk to them? Oh, Heavenly Father. They ain't got no Heavenly Father. They had a Heavenly Father. They wouldn't vote for junk like that. They were doing it in that day. They're doing it in this day. And God is on His way back. He's building the ark right now. I got proof of that. There's one already in Kentucky. Hello. Better drive up there and see it. It might have waken you up. Amen. It might be a lot of things wake you up if you look. But Noah found grace. Noah was righteous. Noah heard the instructions that God was giving. There was violence in the earth. Do you notice it in this scripture tonight that Noah was being told why this world was going to be destroyed. Listen, if God thought enough of Noah, listen to me, if God thought enough of Noah to tell him why he's going to destroy this world, don't you think he's warning this next crowd? 
Don't you think the warning's ringing out every week? From the true Bible-believing preachers, it'll preach it just like it says. Amen. Amen. Notice in verse number 13 that God talked with Noah. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. I want you to see something else there. It was through mankind that sinned abound. God made sure you understood it wasn't the world and the things in the world. It was the people in this world. That's what's sinning right now. That's what's turning it upside down right now. And God is taking record of it, friend. Stay with me. (laughs) He said, make thee an ark. Hold on now. Let's don't go no further. Let's stop right there this minute. He's giving instructions now on how to be safe when destruction comes. How many is truly listening today? Destruction's on its way. America, I want you to hear, destruction is on its way. And for you to be safe, you better get in the book and listen to the book. You better quit just listening to the preacher and put your nose in that book for yourself. Amen. Said, make thee an ark of gopher wood. Stay with me. I want you to see all this. I've often wondered this. I don't know what gopher wood is. I really don't. But I thought when I first started reading this in 1987 when I got saved, I thought, well, he's got a wood kind of like maybe our locust that won't rot. Or maybe it's like chestnut. You know, our, our American chestnut, some of it's still laying out here in the wood. It's been dead for 150 years, and the logs are still laying there. My grandpa's house and barn was built out of chestnut. It's still there. Chimneys fell away from the house, but the house is still there. Why? It's over 120 year old, and it's still standing there. But I wondered why God said go for wood, And I don't have a clear thought of mind tonight why I go for wood, but the thought that I had was God said it, you better do it. The reason I say that is he wouldn't have to have it out of locusts and chestnut because it ain't going to be used but 150 days. It ain't going to rot in 150 days if you use white pine or poplar. But God had a reason. And the reason is, look at me, He's giving you instructions. You're going to take them? (laughs) Brother Richard, think of this. Son, I want you to build an ark. I want you to build it out of gopher wood. You go down to the lumber store. Gopher wood's expensive. Pine's cheaper. I'm going somewhere. I, I can build it better if I use that pine because it's cheaper. That ain't what God said. That ain't what. See, we're trying to cheapen God's religion right now. We're trying to cheapen the service and the voice of God. Did God really say that? <laughs> Hello, let me help everybody. If God said, anoint with oil, pray over them, I believe it with all my heart. Amen. Amen. Don't ever cheapen it. Don't ever cheapen speaking in tongue by jumping up and rattling off 
Unless God give it to you, shut your mouth. And by the way, if God gave it to you, He'll give you the interpretation to give to them that heard it. Any other way, you're cheapening the salvation of God. So we built that out of anything. God, I don't know why God said go for wood, but God said it. You better follow the instructions. Oh, by the way, wouldn't it have been a mess? Oh, build it out of poplar. Oh, it's floating. It's doing all right. But 140 days, she folded in the middle. Hold on. Let me help you. The Titanic was built by the world's best. The ark was built by a man that didn't know nothing but follow God. And hit bury him up through the storm. Of all storms, there has never, ever been another storm like that storm. Now listen, I'm not smart enough to know all this stuff. I'm going to tell you what I've read and studied over the years. They tell me, and I've looked it up, there is a line under the ocean around the world. You with me? As I understand it, all land was floating on water. You with me thus far? I don't know how deep it was to the water, but land was floating. You say, that's impossible. I can show you islands today that are floating. Today. Big islands. Anyway, they tell me that when the deep opened up, that water with the weight of the world caving in and pushing that water up, if you read this word of God, it said, then the fountain sprang up. And the scientists say that when that caved in and that water gushed up into the heavens, can you imagine the millions and millions and billions of gallons of water that was spewed into the air if it done it all the way around the world? Now think about that. You say, how is that possible? Well, look up volcanoes. How can it spew ash into the atmosphere 10, 15 miles high how is that in my mind that's impossible okay let me give you another impossibility how can we right now look into the heavens and know that there's millions of pounds of water still floating in the air today how's that possible we flew from Jamaica back to Atlanta one time and when you get above the clouds it looks like a snow blanket under you and I never saw one ounce of ground from Jamaica to Atlanta so how many gallons of water was in the air how many pounds was floating so if the world caved in and the water sprang up and it rained now think about this it spewed, it had to spew for 40 days for it to rain like that. But once it got started, God has a recycle program, don't he? Do you notice today when that first storm come through and look back on the mountains over there, it looked like it was on fire, the steam coming off of He's recycling it. I thought, Lord, that won't last long. It'll come back down to the ground. It's going up, got to come down sometime, somewhere. But God had all of this lined up. And he said, now listen to me. You better build this thing out of gopher wood. Let's don't go the cheap route with our salvation. 
you might sink. Can I help you tonight? I believe a lot of folks have sunk in their salvation because of cheap religion. Cheap preaching. Cheap praising. (laughs) Shout on a credit. You should never have to shout on a credit. There ought to be something in your life to shout about all the time, 24 hours a day. Hey, if you can't think of it, don't worry about it. It hits there anyway. Amen. Your heart's a beating at you. You're breathing. Your eyes are working. Your legs are moving. Your fingers are moving. Your mouths are talking. Hey, you got something to shout about. And most of all, you know that it's your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's what I'm going to shout about. It ain't that the devil's subject unto me. I'm shouting because my name's written there. Better build it out of gopher wood. I'd like to have two hours preach just on that. You ain't going to stay with me two hours, I know. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and shall pitch it within and without. Does everybody know what pitch is? Pitch is a water seal up between the boards. Not just on the outside, because most time they just pitched it on the outside. He's saying you need to pitch it on the inside and the outside. The outside, when water's pushing against it, pushes it on into the crack. He said you need to pitch it both ways. For what? Why would he say that? Okay, let's do this. Why would he not make sure you were safe altogether? God, I wish I could preach this like it was in my heart. You know that most church folk just have a half religion. Hello, church folk. Most church folk just have enough religion to get them to church about 25 times a year every other Sunday morning. So he's saying you better pitch it within, pitch it without. You better make sure it's sealed up good. You better not go halfway and buy the cheap wood, buy gopher wood. Let's do it right. Now, listen. Nobody would know it was pitched inside until they got inside. Hello, I'm going to help you tonight to kill us all one. You know we're all about the facade on the outside, ain't we? We put on our good clothes and our ties and we shine our shoes and we go to church and we're just halfway in. We just got the appearance on the outside and Jesus said this, said you're full of dead men's bones. In other words, you look like it on the outside, but you're dead on the end. Churches are dead anymore. They don't have no Holy Ghost, heaven-sent, sin-killing, salvation in them. Because if they did, they'd shout. They'd pray. They'd cry. They'd run. Why? Because the Holy Ghost gets moving in you. You're going to move. It ain't just on the outside. Listen, by the way, if the church is the only place you pray, If church is the only place you read your Bible, if church is the only place that you ever mention God or salvation or you being saved, you are not saved. You're a hypocrite. Because when you truly get it, you're going to talk about it everywhere you go. You're going to want somebody to know you're saved. (laughs) Oh, Wesley Kite, I've worked for him and helped him a little. Wes, he is bad to use foul language. 
I said, Wes, now I don't mind helping you over here and working with you and doing all I can. I said, you go that cussing, I'm going to go to singing or preaching one. You know, I didn't have to sing and preach too much. He said, okay, preacher, don't do it no more. I promise you I won't. I mean, I let her rip. I didn't hold back. When he said a bad word, brother, I come out from under there shouting her out, preaching as hard as I could preach. See what it was? The Holy Ghost was eating him up. He come right down this aisle and knelt in that altar one night and gave his heart to God. He's in, is he in Georgia or Alabama where he lives? He's down south somewhere. But I thought about this. How can you be a Christian if all this sees what's on the outside? You better pitch it within and you better pitch it without. Hold on, sis done said it back there tonight. I thought she was going to get on my message. The pressure, there's more pressure comes from within than from without. The pressure on that boat was from without. But the pressure on you as an individual is from within. The outside may have took the brunt and caused the inside to have that kind of pressure. I'm talking about mamas concerned about their babies being lost. Hello? That's just not an outward, that's an inward. And that pressure, it's been missing here tonight about churches and, and folks falling away from churches. That's pressure from within. I'll tell you something. If it's worth fighting for, you better fight for it. Can I help you? If this church right here got deader than a graveyard, you better fight for it. Hello? Talk to me tonight. You better fight for it. You can jump up. Listen, this is the easy thing. Jump up and run off to another church that's on fire at the moment. But that's not the answer. Because it'll come to that church eventually. You think that every church that stands for God ain't been put to the test of the flood? The flood from without and the flood from within. That pressure sometimes from within gets so great we think we can't bear it. That's what the sis was talking about earlier. The, the things that happen in the day and the things that go on and our children are not doing right. My dog bit me when I went to feed it. The chickens ain't laying no eggs. Just all kinds of pressure. How'd you like to be been that lady that got the bill from the EMS for over a million dollars for taking her to the hospital? Oh, yeah, that's a clerical error, but how much pressure did she go through before she got that fixed? How many phone calls, how many hours on the phone did she spend to get that fixed? I mean, it's on the news. They showed it. She had a lot of pressure on her. Can you imagine getting a bill in the mail for over a million dollars? Next week, you're going to get one and say, we're going to take your house to help pay for this bill. Hello? Friend of mine. His accountant was a crook, cost him a fortune, lost his business on account of it. The IRS garnishing his wages for $90,000 owed to the IRS. He had to go to work for another man, $400 a week, and the IRS was taking 150 of that. 
he had so much pressure on him. I said, Jimmy, how are you bearing up? He said, if it wasn't for God, I don't know what I'd do. He said, but I know I didn't. I know I'm not in the wrong. It took him one and a half years to get it settled. They ended up owing him 50000 Guess what? They never paid him. But can you imagine the pressure he was under? And every time, God be my witness, every time I met him, he was a Christian. I never heard him raise his voice. I never heard him curse none of them. The IRS or the guy that done them taxes wrong cost him a business that was making a fortune. Every single year made a fortune. He gave away hundreds of thousands of dollars because his business was doing so good. But see, that's the kind Satan wants to attack. You better pitch it within, you better pitch it without. Because this halfway religion, you'll end up going to hell over that mess. Halfway saved is not saved at all. Halfway living for God is not living for God at all. Hello, you better pitch it within, without. You better use the right wood. Amen, are you with me? Say amen. You might, let's start over from the beginning. First of all, you ought to be found righteous. You're to be found in favor in God's eyes. Listen, where God can talk to you. If God had not been able to talk to Noah, where would Noah and his family be today? Hello? But he was found righteous. He was found walking with God and God talked to him. He said, now boy, I want you to build this ark. I want you to build her out of gopher wood. He said, I want you to pitch it within, pitch it without. And this is the fashion. He gave him dimensions. Told him how many stories to build. Are you with me? And then in verse 17 he said, And behold, I. I'm glad God said I. Nobody else but God could bring the flood upon the earth. Hello. Whether it's the world caving in and the water shooting up, I don't know exactly how God done it. But I believe this, God done it. I believe it with all my heart. I, even I, do bring the flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh wherein is the breath of life. Stop right there just a moment. I didn't write this point down, but the Lord just give it to me. The breath of life. Hello, look at me. God leaned over and breathed into man's nostrils you know what God's saying I'm going to take my breath back they're not going to live anymore I want to say something tonight you think God enjoyed doing that no more than you enjoyed putting a gun to one of your children's head and blowing its brains out no more than you would enjoy taking and holding your baby in the bathtub till it drowned Yes, it grieved the heart of God. But you've got to remember what shape that world was in when God began to do this. Listen. At Sodom and Gomorrah, if they were wanting the men more than the women, you with me? You're sure that's going on in this day that we're reading about. Because he said he looked and it was continually evil. In other words, everywhere he looked, 
It was evil. They weren't doing what they should do. In the bedroom, in the kitchen, in the dining room, they weren't swimming right, living right, talking right, doing right. God looked and said there's nothing good at all about them. Not one good thing. But God had to take the breath that he gave Can you imagine that? I can understand maybe, listen to me carefully, don't misunderstand this point. If I had a child and he had went out of his mind and he was killing people left and right, I'd shoot him myself. Before he took another life, I'd shoot him. But God had to do that to millions. Not just one or two, not just a hundred, not one neighborhood. Every living thing in the world. In Genesis, he said, and he made it and it was good. What happened? What happened to the goodness that was in the world? Man began to listen to the devil. Some of us has heard these words. Nobody will never know. Nobody really cares anyhow. We've heard these words. Ah, one won't hurt you. <laughs> How many drunks do we know tonight's a drunk because one drank started the journey? How many dopeheads do we know tonight? good friend died with dope. I asked him, he said, I took it one time and it took me. That's the words out of his own mouth. I took it one time and it took me. In other words, he had lost control. It had. So how can we say that God, as he was looking down, it didn't hurt the heart of God that, that he had to do what he was fixing to do. I guess I better unhand somewhere. Make the ark of gopher wood, and rooms shall thou make in the ark. Make her three stories, put a window, put a door. He said, because I'm going to bring the flood upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. Mm, mm, mm. Let me try to end tonight's message this way. Are you outside the boundaries of God? How many's got your Bible with you tonight? That's your boundary. Genesis to Revelation, that's your boundary. Thou shalt and thou shalt not. It's in there. Are we perfect? No way. Am I finished with this message? No way. Just getting warmed up in it. This little message, believe it or not, that we've used for a child's story all these years has a lot in there to say what's going on right now. And because the world is evil, God's going to bring judgment. Mr. President, 
There ain't nothing you can do about it. All the Hitlers and Saddam Husseins of the world can do nothing about it. The Chinese can't invent nothing to stop it from happening. By the way, not even not believing is not going to stop it. Well, I don't believe that. Well, it don't matter if you believe it or not. It's going to come to pass. Oh, no, I just don't believe that way. I don't care if you believe that way or not. It's going to happen. Well, surely if I don't believe it, it ain't going to happen. Oh, yeah, it's going to happen, friend. Can I remind you at one time they thought the world was flat. Oh, they believed it with all their heart. Don't go out there. You'll go off the end of the earth and you'll just fall into oblivion. Can I help somebody tonight? There is a crowd that still says the earth is flat today. Today. I don't know how you can get that other than you can't, listen to me, you can't see no further than the end of your nose. Because if you look at the horizon, it shows you. It ain't. Water don't run on flat ground. It stands still. And the ocean is not standing still. Tide comes in, tide goes out. So what are you standing on tonight? <laughs> well, Grandpa didn't believe it that way. Well, maybe Grandpa was wrong. Not my Grandpa. He's the smartest man I know. Maybe you don't know too many folks. I'm going to believe what this book tells me. He said, you better follow the instructions. And if the Lord allows me to preach it Sunday morning, I'll tell you why following the instructions are so important. Pitch it within, pitch it without. Build it to the exact measurement that he said to build it. Are you building on your faith that way to think? Let's stand.